I would like to welcome everybody, um, both attendees and panelists for being here today in this important community discussion on policing measures regarding Halloween weekend. The EVPLA office is honored to be able to provide this platform for UCSB students and Isla Vista residents to voice their concerns and ask questions today. This town hall is also being recorded and live streamed on the AS UCSB Facebook page as well as scheduled to be broadcast on KCSB to air Wednesday, October 19th at 5 p.m. And I will hand it off to Kriya to talk about the mental health resources available. Hi guys, so before we started, we just wanted to let you guys know about some resources um, in case you didn't know about any of them. So I'm gonna send in a link with details for um, programs such as CSO Escort Program, CARE Title IX, ASAP CAPS, and a couple others. So I'll go ahead and send that in for you guys and thank you all for coming. And then we would also like to introduce our facilitator today, Maricela Marquez, who is the Executive Director for Associated Students. I'd like to begin by unmuting and, uh, and sharing the land acknowledgement with you all. I'll be following that with speaking agreements and instructions. So to begin, we ask you to join us in acknowledging the Chumash peoples, their elders, both past and present, as well as their future generations. We would like to take this opportunity for us all to reflect on how, how the work we do here today in our search for knowledge, our opportunities to teach, and every day in, in our chosen fields affects these lands and the peoples of these lands that we work with and research to protect. We acknowledge that this university system was founded upon exclusions and erasures of many indigenous peoples, including those of, on whose lands this institution is located the villages and unceded lands of the Chumash people. The UCSB administration has failed to faithfully and dutifully support the traditional custodians of these lands, Chumash people and indigenous students through their continued support of Mauna Kea. As we work together to prevent further damage to these lands and waters that support not only our livelihoods, recreation, lifestyles, research and education, we remember that the Chumash peoples of this area have been separated from these lands unable to maintain livelihoods as they should, unable to recreate traditionally, unable to maintain their traditional life ways freely, and unable to have the same access to their lands that we are provided to do their own traditional research and educate their future generations. The Chumash people are comprised of the descendants of indigenous peoples removed from, this, from their land of origin, Limu, also known as Santa Cruz, Anyapak or Anacapa, Wima or Santa Rosa and, and Tucan or San Miguel, subjugated by five missions during the Spanish colonization of the Central Coast from Malibu to Morro Bay and inland to Bakersfield. The villages upon which this university sits were a safe haven for maritime travelers, a place alive with trading, hospitality and abundance, a place where knowledge of and from the surrounding areas far and wide was shared with all people of this place and its many visitors, a traditional place of sharing and education, a tradition this university, this university has an obligation to remember. Many of the projects and research conducted by this university are within the traditional territory of the Chumash peoples and or affect other indigenous peoples in their territories. And in spite of all this, each tribe, council, clan, and band is working diligently to restore and continue their traditional stewardship practices on these lands and heal from this historical trauma. 
The damage that has been done and continues to be done by not sharing the true history and legacy in this place and others, and by the exploitation of the natural cultural resources of these areas can never be erased. There is no mitigation or research project that can make their communities whole again, but we can do better. As educators, friends and allies together, we can now acknowledge the mistakes and atrocities of the past and move forward in remembrance and relationship with the local Chumash peoples and their indigenous peoples to facilitate their process of healing by making sure that our processes here make room for their, for their Chumash and indigenous voices to be heard, their traditional ecological knowledge of these territories to be listened to and their peoples to be part of the healing of these lands and waters, as well as themselves. This acknowledgement, though brief and in no way complete, demonstrates a commitment by this institution and their educators to begin the process of creating a relationship with the local Chumash and indigenous communities and work to dismantle the ongoing legacies of settler colonialism. We come together today to acknowledge, stand up for, and give voice to the unceded lands and waters of the Chumash and all of their peoples. Next, we would like to establish uh, a set of speaking agreements for our, for our time together. Uh, and I believe, um, Haley, are, are, are the participants able to see them and or would you like me to read them out loud? And I'm sorry for the beeping. Attendees should be able to see the speaking agreements and if you could read them out loud, that would be amazing. Okay, thank you. So we've prepared a set, though also not complete and, and, and can only really acknowledge uh, the opportunity for you to, to share what is what makes this a, a, a safer space for, for you. Um, the following are the, are the offerings for, for this morning. Be respectful to the panelists and audience members. Um, no yelling or cursing, no derogatory language. Um, the fourth one is after two warnings, you may be removed from this webinar by one of the co-hosts. All comments are being made publicly and therefore we don't assume any confidentiality. And the last two that we offer are we encourage folks to speak on issues rather than on individual, rather than individual people. And finally, we will open the floor for questions from the public and we'll be offering two minutes per person. Um, additionally, the organizers have work to develop two methods by which to answer and ask questions, ask questions and answer them. And uh, one is uh, by, by uh, direct voice or however folks would like to raise their hands or ask the question. And the other is anonymously. And uh, Haley will be, will be uh, giving voice to the anonymous ones and I will be giving uh, space and time for invitation for folks to, to ask their questions themselves. Haley? Korea will be putting in the sign-up sheet as well as the anonymous form in the chat for you all to um, sign in either way, in either platform that you feel most comfortable. Um, and I'll hand it back to Marisa. So to submit a question, please use either the, the Q&A function and uh, please see instructions in the chat to avail oneself of the, of the form for, um, to ask the questions uh, into the anonymous sheet. So are we pretty, pretty okay to start with our panelists' introduce, introductions? Okay, 
All right, today we have a panel of leaders and we would like to, uh, to invite each of you, please to, uh, to join the conversation one by one. You will each have one to two minutes each to introduce yourselves and then we will open up to questions and answers to respond to some questions and concerns from the audience on the topic at hand. So uh, I'll invite uh, Garrett to, to, to go first. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for uh, joining the town hall. My name is Garrett Tesla. I am the new uh, station lieutenant for Isla Vista Foot Patrol. There's a couple different titles for me, I suppose. Uh, Bureau commander, station commander. Essentially, I am the chief of police of Isla Vista is one way to look at it. Um, my predecessor, Lieutenant Jarrett Morris, will introduce himself in just a minute. And I'll point out that our commander, who is my boss, uh, Brad Welch, was planning to be on the call, but he's uh, had a prearranged airline flight uh, and he is in the air and he's not allowed to join uh, Zoom calls like this uh, on airplanes due to FAA regulations. A um, little bit about me, I have 17 years with the Sheriff's Department. I've done a variety of assignments, including uh, uh, internal affairs. I was our dive team supervisor for a long time. I've worked every station, in, uh, including Isla Vista as a sergeant. Uh, I worked every station except Santa Maria. Um, most of my time has been spent in Goleta. I was also uh, an acting public information officer for some time and on a variety of different teams, uh, investigative experience, et cetera. Um, and I am now new to Isla Vista, as I mentioned, transferred from the Valley Bureau, which is our Solvang, Lompoc, Buellton area, where I was the chief of police services for Solvang and Buellton for some time before I came uh, down here just about two weeks ago. So I'm stepping in right here at the uh, the beginning of, right, right at, the, at the high point of the year of activity with Halloween and uh, working with Jarrett Morris to uh, make sure that transition goes smoothly. So thanks for having me here. Thank you. And Jared, I'll invite you to go next. All right, good morning. Hopefully everybody can hear me. I'm gonna area with not great service. So that's why my camera's not on, but I appreciate everybody being here today. It looks like we have almost 100 participants. So this will be the biggest town hall that I've been a part of so far. So that's very exciting. Uh, thank you to uh, Haley and the AS uh, UCSB executives for putting this together. I, as uh, uh, Garrett just recently mentioned, I recently left Isla Vista Foot Patrol. I'm now the adjutant to the sheriff. So essentially I am his chief of staff. But I will be working closely with Garrett as we move towards the Halloween event, and I will be also uh, one of the managers or executives at the event uh, throughout the weekend. Uh, so once again, thank you for being here and excited to answer your questions. Thank you, and we'll be not hearing from, from Brad at the moment, but I will invite Raquel to go next. Hi, good morning. I'm Raquel Zick. I'm the public information officer for the Santa Barbara County Sheriff's Office, which includes the area of Isla Vista. Um, I'm here today to do a lot of listening and um, to hopefully be able to uh, use some of the feedback that we gain in this meeting to um, more effectively communicate um, what's going to be going on for the Isla Vista Halloween weekend. Thank you. And Katya, I'll invite you to, to, to go next. Hello, everybody. My name is Katia Armistead. I am an assistant vice chancellor and dean of student life. I'm happy to be here to support everybody as we have this conversation. Thank you. Uh, and Spencer, I invite you to introduce yourself. 
Thank you, Maricela. My name is Spencer Brandt, and I'm the president of the Isla Vista Community Services District Board. A little bit about us, we're a local government agency that was formed by a vote of Isla Vista residents in 2016. So we provide public services that enhance the quality of life for students and youth and families that live in Isla Vista. During this upcoming Halloween weekend, we're gonna be supporting a variety of community events, including events with games, a silent disco, a costume contest. That will have a $1,000 prize for best costume. So definitely check that out. I'll share some info later on about that. Um, additionally, we provide the Isla Vista CSD safety stations in partnership with UCPD. Those will be deployed at Little Acorn Park and Window to the Sea Park this coming Halloween weekend. The safety stations have water, phone charging stations, and community service officers who can give you a walk home. So a little bit about my perspective on Halloween. For a decade now, Isla Vista residents have heard our calls loud and clear to have a safe and local Halloween weekend. The statistics that we've seen from law enforcement have shown that uh, there's really not a whole lot of activity in 2019, 2018, 2017, and 2016. Law enforcement has reported that there's been no crowd of party goers in Isla Vista. We created local government because Isla Vista residents said, no more about us without us. When residents are hearing now about larger police presence and police surveillance cameras, they wanna have input. People are concerned about their privacy and they're concerned about keeping them and themselves and their friends out of the justice system. They want answers as to why this is happening now and for what purpose. So I'm really looking forward to this discussion today. I think it'll be robust and a great opportunity for residents and law enforcement to try to find some answers to those questions. Thank you. Thank you, Spencer. And I'll invite the AS executives and, and, the, and the president to begin uh, or introduce yourselves. Hello, everyone. My name is Greenlee my pronouns are she, her, and I'm the UCSB undergraduate president. Um, so thank you first to Haley for having me here today. Um, and I just wanted to say that I really want to utilize this space today to learn how students feel about policing in Isla Vista, and not just students, but also Isla Vista um, residents, both permanent and SBCC students and whatnot, um, so that I can better represent you all to the relevant administrators alongside Haley as the external vice president of local affairs. So feel free to reach out to me with any personal concerns you may have. My email is president at as.ucsb.edu. Thank you. And um, B, would you like to go next? Hi, everyone. My name is B Schaefer. I serve as your internal vice president underneath Gerlene um, and Associated Students, which is your student body government. Um, I also serve alongside Haley Stakewitz, the EVPLA. Um, so thank you, Haley, for coordinating this event. It's good to see some familiar faces as panelists. Um, I wanted to say that um, I'm here as a panelist, as someone who is an elected official, but also a Black student in this community and a marginalized community member. I hope to uplift you all's interests and concerns to, to admin and work on creating a space for growth, um, advancement, openness, and transparency. So I will be supporting this effort in that way, as well as working with some of the faces that you see here today and making sure that you all have this continued form of communication. Um, so I'm gonna put my 
office hours in the, or my link tree for my office hours inside of the chat. So feel free to email me if you all have questions or want to get involved. And I'm pretty sure um, everyone else would. Um, so maybe this is something that can be dispersed later because um, all questions are public. So um, let me know, happy to help. Um, and I'm happy that you all are here today. Thank you. And finally, back to Haley. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Haley Stinkwitz. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I am the external vice president for local affairs for the undergraduate student body at UCSB. And it is my pleasure to host this town hall and act also as a panelist um, for any questions that you may have. So while I will be reading the anonymous um, forum uh, questions, I will also be open to taking some as well. And I appreciate all of you guys coming here today to use this space as a platform to voice your concerns and any reservations you may have. Um, I know everybody in the community welcomes all opinions and I am very grateful to have all you guys here today, attendees and panelists. Well, thank you um, for, for providing this space for, for all of us and for this dialogue. I do see on, on screen both Jesse and, and Justin and I, did, I don't know if, um, if either of you would like to also introduce yourselves and or uh, share comments. Sure, uh, Justin Schroeder here with the Sheriff's Department. I'm the Isla Vista Community Resource Deputy. I've been in Isla Vista um, the last six and a half years or so. And so I've been a part of a number of these conversations in town halls and just happy to be here to answer any questions. Thank you, Justin. Yeah, my name is Jesse Gonzalez. Uh, I serve as the Vice Chairman for the IBTU, which is the Isla Vista Tenants Union, as well as I'm here helping Haley as her Deputy Chief of Staff to navigate this presentation and webinar. Uh, but yeah, overall, just here, happy to help and support the cause. Thank you. Okay. So Haley, we have a couple of folks that would like to ask a question. Uh, Yael, Yael Beruhim, and um, if you could uh, invite them to or move them over to be panelists to ask that question. Yeah. I am on it right now. Okay. And I don't see any questions in the question and answer function of the webinar, if the attendees can actually see that. Uh, okay. I'm sorry if I butchered your name, Yael, but I moved you over to panelist. Um, and Jesse will be putting a timer on the screen for your two minutes. Okay. We invite you to go ahead and ask your question. Okay, awesome. Um, this is more of a public comment than just a question. So hi everyone, just want to thank everyone for being here. My name's Yael, I'm also an off-campus senator in AS, and I just wanted to come up here and make a public comment representing myself, but also as an elected representative, as an elected representative re representing my constituency. Um, I mean, a, a few people touched on this on the panel, everybody leaves IV for Halloween. So it's kind of just off-putting when when we, there are like all these regulations put on the students and then everyone like tries their best to work around them and work with the police department by simply leaving. Um, and then all the students here in return is just more regulations. We're putting cameras that we're gonna like be very suspicious around. Um, we're gonna like increase the people, like the police presence and yeah, it's just very off-putting when students do everything they can to accommodate the needs of like the Isla Vista 
foot patrol, Isla Vista police department, whatever. And then all that they hear back is just more regulations. But yeah, thank you everyone for being here. And I really appreciate um, even having the opportunity to communicate my concerns and the concerns of the student body with everyone. And if I can take any questions or I'd be open to that, but that's all I got for you. Thank you, Yael. I'm wondering if uh, if you wanted to pose a particular that uh, or ask for comment from any particular panelists. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd honestly like comments from like more of the people who are on the like IVPD, IV Police Department. Um, no one in particular, but if anyone has anything to touch on, on like maybe why the police response has been so increased, even though there's like less and less people every year. It feels like for Halloween. I can, okay. I can jump in on that. Uh, Garrett, if you, yeah, if you would. Sure. And I appreciate the discussion and, and, and you're saying what I know a lot of people are thinking and that's why we're here. So uh, you're right. Historic in, in, in a lot of the things you said are, are completely accurate that Halloween has over the last 15 years decreased in activity pretty steadily. And over the last two years, especially with the COVID restrictions, we've had no activity, right? In 2020, campus was completely closed and there was just nothing going on. In 21, we had some restrictions still in place. So there was a, a, a modicum of activity, but pretty much nothing. With the campus back in full swing this year, with Isla Vista residents uh, and occupancy back in full swing, we are seeing an uptick in activity that's more consistent with years of 2017, 18, and 19. So we, in our planning, have, have looked at that as our comparison to what we've done in the past versus 2020 and 2021, because you kind of have to take those out of the factor, just given the fact that COVID threw so many things for a loop. And so when we look at activity on a week by week basis uh, leading up to Halloween this year, we're seeing a lot more activity in terms of citations, uh, medical emergencies, arrests, and, and public um, offenses that uh, it's more than was in Halloween for the last couple of years, just now for a normal Friday or Saturday night. So we're anticipating that we're going to see a, a larger crowd and a bit of a resurgence back uh, to the Halloween of, again, 17, 18, 19, based on that, because we've learned over the years that the fall weekends are a good indicator of what kind of activity we are gonna see towards Halloween. Now, there's other elements of that too, where people come from out of town to join the Halloween festivities. That has also declined significantly over the last couple of years, um, but it is still a factor in our planning process. And so when we say that we're upstaffing Halloween, um, we are in comparison to a normal night in Isla Vista and in comparison to a quote unquote normal weekend in Isla Vista, your average Friday or Saturday night. We will have additional staffing for Halloween compared to that. However, if you look historically at our staffing over the last decade, we are significantly reducing the staffing year to year over what we've previously staffed with. And so if you go back to, again, 2019, we are cutting our staffing here in Isla Vista by about half uh, from what it was then. And so we are drawing down our resources. We are recognizing that we're getting great cooperation from our local residents and that there's a lot of organized activities with some of our friends over uh, in the CSD and recs uh, and, and parks. 
and associated students. And they're all doing great things to provide alternative uh, options for people who want to stay in Isla Vista, who don't want to leave. Uh, but nonetheless, we we do upstaff. It is accurate that we do upstaff Halloween compared to uh, to a normal weekend. But when you look at Halloween's year to year, we are drawing down. And I hope that adds some clarification. And then I'll touch on the cameras because I know that everyone is really wanting to discuss that. The cameras are not a new thing and it's not new this year. And I know that one of the big misconceptions that's out there as I walk around and I talk to people is that we are suddenly implementing cameras. We've used cameras every year in Halloween going into the 1990s with the exception of 2020 and 2021 because of the reasons I already shared. Cameras have been a vital part of our public safety plan for uh, decades. And uh, they're used for reasons that maybe people don't anticipate or they don't think about. And so I wanna emphasize a few things on them. The cameras, first of all, are, are for us a way to supplement our patrols without adding more deputies to the street. So it's always a balance of where we can deploy our resources and where we can be uh, supportive of the community without um, you know, throwing too many deputies onto the street. And we've done that in the past. Uh, we've, we've had plenty of years where I've been out here and it's, you know, there's more deputies on Del Playa than there are uh, party goers or residents even. Uh, the cameras help us gauge what is an appropriate amount of people to have on the street. And uh, frankly, if we have deputies on the street and we notice that there's just no activity, I'm going to be pulling people off the street based on some of that visual that we have. On top of that, uh, the cameras are really used to identify and look for violent crimes that are occurring. And we've had history where the crimes captured on our on the video cameras have been very, very violent, very uh, um, life changing for the people involved. And we're not using the cameras to like <clears throat> zoom in on somebody's hands walking down DP and looking and seeing if they've got a, a beer in their hand or a red cup or those sorts of things. That is not at all what we're using the cameras for. Uh, and I think that, um, I know that that's probably a statement where a lot of people lack trust in what I'm saying there, but I think our restorative justice program that we've implemented should hopefully <clears throat> help people trust that statement because our restorative justice citations are not criminal. There's diversion first before entering the criminal justice system with an open container ticket or a minor in possession. And so we really aren't using the cameras uh, for those things. Uh, the cameras also help us respond to medical emergencies, which are an unfortunate aspect of any uh, weekend in Isla Vista, but particularly on Halloween. And the cameras give us an ability to see and direct search and rescue personnel and fire medics into an area much faster than uh, being be doing it from line of sight on the ground or also when a 911 call comes in and often people aren't familiar with the area and they ask, they say they're in the 6600 block and with the cameras, we can quickly direct those resources much more accurately. Uh, it's also it gives us the ability to judge crowd dynamics. And if we have a, an agreeable, happy crowd, or if we have a crowd where confrontations are starting to occur, fights are breaking out, and we know that we can put some deputies into that area where there might be some frictions to disperse that and resolve it without it getting out of hand. And so it's really about resource management for us. Uh, it's not about any sort of gotcha kind of style of policing. 
And it's really about, from our perspective and my perspective, it's really about protecting uh, the citizens of Isla Vista, the residents of Isla Vista, the students of UCSB and SBCC and everybody else that lives out here uh, to make sure that they have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you, Garrett. I, I will share that as facilitator, one of my responsibilities is to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to, to respond. And so um, I, I don't mean to, to interrupt. Have you concluded your response? Okay. Sorry, yeah, that was, that was lengthy, but I wanted to kind of try and be comprehensive. Okay, thank you. Um, I will invite Haley to give voice to an, uh, any anonymous questions that have come in. Yes, we have quite a few anonymous questions. Um, so with the first one that came in, it is, will the footage from these videos be used to retroactively punish those who may be on footage committing a minor possession, public intoxication, or other petty crimes? If not, I would like to understand why the Isla Vista Foot Patrol has not signed a memorandum verifying that this will exactly not occur. I'm a little bit concerned. A good, it's a good question. It's a fair question. Um, we have laws we have to follow as well, just like everybody else. And one of those laws is that if a crime is captured on camera and we're aware that it's captured on camera, that we have to supply that to both the district attorney, but also to the defense of the person who has been issued the citation or who's been arrested. Okay, It's our obligation under law to provide them with that fair trial that we all learned about in, in high school you know, civics class. Uh, so those things may, I can't say will, because it varies and it's, it's, a, it's like a choose your own adventure kind of, it could go a million different directions, but uh, that's why we can't say that we won't use them for that. It's not our intent in using them for that. And again, most people, especially your local residents who uh, might be uh, in possession of alcohol, have an open container, um, those kinds of minor, minor crimes, uh, are going to be on on the whole, or, or in general, we're going to be offered the restorative justice citation rather than entering the criminal justice citation process. As long as they are cooperative with the deputy, they provide accurate identification, and uh, they um, are locals, then that's our first choice every time with those small citations. Uh, but to say that we can sign a memorandum, memorandum saying it won't be used for this, but it will be used for this, it's too broad to cover every possible scenario in which video footage may or may not be a part of a either criminal investigation or a mass uh, casualty incident or um, you know something else. A good example would be to keep in mind too that you know our deputies are being recorded by these cameras too, and it's the public's expectation that we be recorded, we as deputies, and we carry body cameras now as a direct response to that demand that we be held accountable with video. And we do that. You'll see everybody in Isla Vista who's walking around, or at least the, the deputies assigned to Isla Vista will have a body camera on their chest. And so it's our ability as the management of the sheriff's office to watch our deputies and make sure that they are you know, abiding by our policies and our expectations. And so there is another element of where that uh, video footage may be used that we may not necessarily account for in a, in a memorandum of understanding. I hope that clarifies that some bit. It, it does, uh, and and thank you. I I will be uh, instituting a two minute, you know, raising my hand and uh, allowing allowing additional questions to come in. Um, thank you, Haley. Should I should I invite uh, you on? 
uh, next uh, has that ha would like to voice a question or a comment. Uh, would we like to switch in between public um, comment and anonymous question? Um, because there are a few other people that are here for public comment as well, and I could bring them over to attendees. The next one is, um, I don't want to butcher your name. You um, on, yeah. I'm going to promote you to panelist right now. Yuan, you are promoted to panelist. Um, you can go whenever you are ready. Hello, uh, thank you all for your time today. Uh, my name is Yuan and uh, I'm here on behalf of the uh, uh, Isla Vista Community Relations Committee. Um, our job is to bring together students and non-students in IV by, by uh, funding and uh, planning events. So we believe that today's town hall is uh, relevant to the work we're doing. Uh, so the consensus from the board is strongly against the uh, new security cameras. So we have three main concerns. The first is uh, privacy, of course. So the official line is that the cameras will only be used for serious crimes like robbery and assault, but it's easy to see how things might uh, go beyond that. Uh, the second is expansion. So the cameras will only be, seem to be only on, on Del Playa Drive for now. Um, I know uh, Lieutenant uh, Tesla mentioned that um, the cameras have been used all the way back until the 1990s, and I, uh, I am also curious about that. But the new ones, they, they seem to be only on D, be on DP for now, but we are concerned that they might make their way to the rest of IV. I think someone mentioned on the board. It's sort of a slippery slope situation. The third is um, longevity. So the cameras are ostensibly for Halloween to make sure that things are on the up and, rut, uh, up, and up, um, but uh, we're also concerned that they'll uh, stick around for longer and might make their way elsewhere. Um, and uh, a question from the previous portion of public forum is that uh, the IVFP has used cameras since the 1990s. And I personally, I'm curious about the sorts of cameras that you have used in the past and how the new ones might differ, or if they even differ at all. Myself as the internal chair of IVCRC, honestly, I don't have much of an opinion. I mean, I'm a guy, I'm Asian, I don't go out much. It doesn't really affect me too much. I, I don't have much of a personal stake in this, um, but I care that other people care. And I'm interested in all of your thoughts on this. And that is my portion. Thank you for the question uh, or and or comment. Would you like comment as a response from anyone in particular? Um, anyone from the Iowa List Foot Patrol um, who, who uh, would like to, to answer, I suppose. Okay. Um, would you like to Would you like to respond, Garrett? And I will be posting uh, it time on, in the in the chat as well as raising my hand when time is. is I'll done. keep it. I'll keep it tight. But I appreciate uh, bringing that up because I wanted to touch on that. Those are excellent points. Um, the cameras are not permanent. They're not even owned by us. They're borrowed by an allied agency. There's a thing in law enforcement called mutual aid. We ask for loaner stuff, and they give it to us, and we give it out to other agencies when we have stuff. Um, it's solely going to be focused on Del Playa and only in areas where, uh, per law, you uh, are in public. So the streets, sidewalks, uh, the driveways coming onto the street, you know, but it's not going to be used to look into backyards. It's not going to be used to look into windows. We need warrants for those kinds of things, and we would be in violation of law if we used it for those things. Uh, there's no audio for it. We would need a, audio, we would need a wiretap warrant to do audio. There, there's no audio. And so they will go up uh, on the morning of uh, Friday of the weekend before opera, uh, Halloween the 20th. And they will come down uh, on the Monday or, or two, sorry, Sunday or Monday after the Halloween deployment period. They will only be recording and uh, watched from 
give or take sundown roughly to about two or three in the morning, depending on crowd size each night after in between those periods, they're turned off. And uh, the only people who will be watching it are myself, uh, Lieutenant Morris, uh, Commander Welch, and the command staff of the agency who is running the whole event. Your, uh, your deputy out on the street will not have access to the room where the video is being uh, viewed. Okay, thank you. And if at any time any of the other panelists would like to also lend comment, we invite that uh, by raising your hand. And Haley, would you like to uh, give voice to the next anonymous question or comment? Yes. Um, so the next anonymous question um, is, I feel like this is, an, this is a violation of my privacy as a student. I would like to know specifically what the effect of having the cameras installed would be and what the procedure is for pursuing legal action and prosecution if something is picked up on the cameras that does seem to be illegal. Okay, thank you. And uh, would anyone like to respond? If you could raise your hand. Okay, Garrett. I, th I think uh, Jared's having some technical difficulties, but I, as the station lieutenant, most of these questions are probably gonna be directed to me, but I invite anyone to, to chime in as well. Um, if I understand the question, her, her, it was privacy uh, issues and then how it moves through the court system. So anywhere, if you're on a public street, you this is a, this is a Supreme Court ruling, not my own personal opinion, but if you're on a public street, you have no expectation of privacy. Just like as we are doing any enforcement at Camino Pascan DP, you're allowed to record us doing our activity. Uh, you're allowed to take pictures if you happen to take a photo with your friends, you take a selfie and someone's in the background, they have no grievance against you legally because you're in an area where you have no expectation of privacy. And that's where we focus the cameras again on the, like kind of what the answer to my last, or to the last question was. That's why they're focused on the streets and areas that are accessible only to the public. Uh, I hope I answer that. And I'm trying to be uh, concise here. Um, when, it, if, a uh, citation is issued that is a referral to the criminal justice system to court for an infraction or a misdemeanor. And we're aware that that uh, incident was captured on the cameras, then that portion of the footage is gonna be distributed to the district attorney for their review and their decision whether to file the case or not, or to dismiss it. And if a case moves forward and gets filed in court, then the defendant, the person who got the citation, uh, and their attorney have a right to view and have a copy of that. So that is uh, shared with them as well. It is not a situation where someone gets an MIP and then we go back through hours and hours of footage to look for footage of that event. Um, that's not that we don't go that deep into it. Uh, again, deputies are gonna be wearing body cameras. That, that is gonna be more likely the scenario where video footage of an offense gets admitted into court. Okay, thank you. And um, Haley, our, our next uh, person that would like to voice a question is Eric. You want to invite him over? I just invited Eric to um, panelists. That way they can voice their um, concerns or ask any questions that they have. Hi, yeah, I just had a question. So um, you say that this is something that you're going to use for high crime, specifically to look out for things that are going to be happening around the Halloween area. But are 
who's like, are people going to be watching this live? And if so, will this, will these cameras be used for um, prevention or will it be used for gathering evidence after the fact? Because I feel like there could be more resources being poured into actual crime prevention rather than keeping track of the crime and also putting other people in, I guess, discomfort because they feel that their privacy is being violated. So how do you feel about that? I have another question after this also. Just for clarity, Eric, is that a question of Garrett or anyone else in particular? Um, anyone's free to answer. Okay, would the panelists like to raise their hand? Okay, thanks, Garrett. It's a great question, I appreciate it. Um, our emphasis on it is absolutely to prevent uh, crime and prevent a big thing from escalating. As I mentioned, we're able to direct resources in with the cameras. Um, we've prevented things like burglaries or we've caught burglaries in the past, robberies, violent assaults, et cetera. <clears throat> and we can direct resources in uh, sometimes uh, right immediately after it. Or if we know, like I mentioned, if uh, there's a fight breaking out or a fight seems fights seem to be breaking out, we can deploy our resources more accurately there to prevent stuff from getting out of hand. The, the footage that is... Um, you know, used potentially in prosecutions is is not something we're intending to do, but by law, we have to consider that as, as one of the factors that happens when you have video surveillance. Um, it is not why we're using it. It's just something we have to be aware of in the event that something's captured on camera. Uh, but it really is about resource management. And, and again, the cameras allow us to allow us to be in a situation where we don't have to put as many deputies out on the street and so we're trying to find that balance because we've heard from the Isla Vista residents that they don't like having that many cops on the street. And I understand that. So one of our ways to draw down that physical presence is to, again, rely on the on cameras to help us deploy our assets in a, in a more effective way. And I, I think I answered your question there. Yeah. And then my second question is, so a lot of powers check or was it a lot of powers operate on checks and balances. So what checks and balances can you offer to this to make sure that the police don't abuse this power? One thing I was thinking is what if these cameras are available to view by the public? Because a lot of cameras both on school and in public are available to be viewed by citizens. So is that something that will be available to us? Uh, that's, an, that's a really interesting idea. And I hadn't thought of that. Uh, I don't know if it's possible technically, uh, this like this soon up to the event, but I'm more than willing to explore that. Um, the flip side of that though, is when everyone's talking about concerns about privacy, if we were to broadcast those things, it's going to catch, uh, or it could potentially catch, you know, the same things we're talking about here. And those same people may not want that put out into the world. So to answer the question about checks and balances, you're absolutely right. First of all, we have obviously the law and the constitution and California law that we're required to follow. And that's why we're not looking into backyards or windows because we need warrants, which of course are required uh, by the Fourth Amendment. We have our own internal checks and balances. We have our own internal policy, which is like our version of laws that are specific to us and the agency. But also we have you know, a, a chain of command. And so as the station commander and Lieutenant Morris before me and Commander Welch, who's my boss, we have our checks and balances between each other all the way down to the deputies that are on the street. And it's our job to make sure that those are in place so that the 
footage is being used in the manner that I'm telling you it's going to be used right now. And that's why I'm going to be sitting in the room where uh, the, the TVs are for this. And we're going to be making sure that we are deploying the resources in the manner I'm sharing with you today, not for any other uh, nefarious purpose. And that an individual deputy, even of my rank, won't be the only one who has uh, influence over that, if that makes sense. Okay. And then my last question is, you say that you're planning to take away these cameras after Halloween, but are you planning to use this trial period as a precedent for the idea of putting cameras back on DP either permanently or again in the future? Eric, I'll uh, invite uh, Raquel to answer. In addition, she had raised her hand about midway through the prior response. Is that okay? Yeah, of course. Okay. Raquel? I just wanted to offer as um, kind of an overarching consideration and just kind of for public information that um, we don't currently release, um, like proactively release any of our body cam footage. We release that through the um, PRA, the Public Records Act process. So that has to be something that's specifically requested. Um, and we also do not re release um, booking photos in the interest of justice because we want to be able to afford people an opportunity to work their have their case work through the justice system. So just kind of seeing it through that the release or the live streaming of these videos through that lens um, and through the lens of like ensuring that you know justice is properly served to people and that they're not that they're uh, you know whatever the incident is isn't you know being offered to the public ahead of any sort of um, possible litigation or um, uh, trial um, is just some, something for like when you're when you're considering what that would look like that should also be a concern. Okay and um, Eric there was an additional uh, raised hand in response to your question or comment would you like to hear that or would you like a response to the question you posed? Uh, I'm more curious about the third question I asked is are these cameras going to be used to see how they run and during this trial period will this be used as a precedent for the idea of either bringing cameras back in the future whether it's temporary or permanent? Okay and uh, Garrett has his hand raised, Garrett. All right, I promise to be quick. Um, the short answer is we always review any asset and whether it was valuable to the operation or not. Um, just as we're talking about right now, we have not made a permanent or a final decision on if these cameras are even going to be used. We will continue to evaluate that as we go. Uh, I have no plans and no belief that these are needed full-time. I'm not interested in that whatsoever. Uh, and as I'm, as the station commander here, I have no interest in pursuing that. Uh, we will look at using them at other high uh, activity times, such as Deltopia. Um, but again, we look at it on a case-by-case -case basis and what our needs are for that specific event. Thanks. Haley, I'll invite you to ask, uh, Eric, are we, did, was, uh, did you have a, a follow-up or are we good to move oh, yeah. on to another question? Okay, right, wonderful. Haley, I'll invite you to give voice to an, an anonymous question. Yes, um, if I can, I would like to give voice to two anonymous questions just for the sake of time um, to allow as many student concerns to be voiced as possible. Um, so for the first one, um, the question is, sorry, I lost it. Um, 
Has whoever will be monitoring the live footage be given bias trainings? How are we sure that they will not engage in racial profiling? As a student of color, I'm extremely concerned about this and want to make sure that my identity as well as other students are protected. And is that a question uh, at someone in particular or uh, should we take a, a volunteer? Um, it's not directed at somebody in particular. Okay. Panelists? Garrett? So all of our deputies go through racial bias and implicit bias training, and I'm confident in our ability to meet our requirements in that area. I don't believe that the cameras themselves are going to be an issue in that. It's really about the behavior of the individual deputy uh, that may provoke uh, uh, some sort of racial profiling. The camera itself can't do it. It's, it's based on who's operating the camera or who's down the street and interacting with people. And I'm, I'm truly confident in our people that um, that is not gonna be an issue for Isla Vista residents. Okay, thank you. And B, would you like to uh, go next? Yes, I would. Um, as a student of color and black person in the space, um, reading or hearing that question made me think, um, and I really resonate. Um, I don't know who said it or the context behind it, but I hear you. And so, what I'm trying to do and hope to work with members on this board with is creating a feedback form where people can report instances in which they feel that they may have been targeted. They may have heard something that made them feel uncomfortable as a student to AS and then reporting that necess necessary information to admin so that in the future we have a record of how we feel as a student body about these decisions. And so I invite whoever had that question to be a part of the process. Um, so thank you. Okay, and uh, Haley, did you have a second question? Garrett, did you want to wait for the second question or, this, or further respond? Yeah. This touches on that. Uh, we take those allegations very seriously, by the way. I spent four years in what we call professional standards now, but most people know it as internal affairs, where we investigate complaints of racial bias or improper policing. And we have an ability for anyone who feels like they've been wrongly targeted to make a complaint to our professional standards unit. They can do it online. They can do it anonymously. They don't have to come and interact with any deputy whatsoever. They can just go to sbsheriff.org and fill out that complaint form. So I wanted to make sure that people knew that they had that option too. Okay, thank you. Haley, did you have a second? Okay, I will um, give voice to the next anonymous question for the sake of time. Um, but really quickly, as a fellow panelist on this board, I would like to um, validate the concerns of this anonymous student that said that they were worried about racial profiling and their identity as a marginalized student, um, because even statistics by the ACLU have proven that cameras and surveillance can exacerbate issues of racial profiling. So I just wanted to give voice as a panelist to validate the concerns um, in this space. Um, but the next question or concern I would like to um, put first with a trigger warning um, mentions of SA. Um, so if anyone in this space is uncomfortable with that, please feel free to leave and hop back on in a few minutes. Um, so I'm going to now read that. Um, there was an incident last school year regarding the illegal use of cameras in Isla Vista homes. Why bring forth the usage of cameras now? You mentioned a steady increase of activities, but this timing is clearly insensitive and definitely does not aid to the feeling of safety within the community. 
Again, I'll invite panelists to raise your hand if you'd like to make either further comment or respond. Garrett? So I may have to defer to Lieutenant Morris on this, uh, and I don't know if he got cut off or if he's still here, but uh, I'm not familiar with what this, this comment about the uh, camp use of cameras inside the home last year, uh, if it was related to us or if it was a, a private citizen that was doing some illegal recording. So I, I can't speak to that, unfortunately. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, Jared? Thank you. Uh, thank you for the question, uh, whoever uh, posed it. Uh, I was present for this ordeal. It was very um, traumatizing and concerning for many of the students that reside in Isla Vista, uh, specifically uh, around those participating in the sororities. And so I do understand that. And um, I, I do believe that this is a little bit different because again, we're not inside people's homes. We're outside in a public space where we are using body cameras and other recording devices uh, for enforcement. And I do concur with everything that, that Garrett has been saying. I do feel and trust the deputies that we have working in Isla Vista on Halloween weekend. They have been through a significant amount of, uh, of bias training and I'm, I'm ready to stand behind them and those that are gonna be working with the cameras to ensure that we are using the cameras uh, legally and not to invade or or target any specific um, race or gender. All right, thank you. Um, and I will invite Jay Freeman to, to join us as a panelist to ask a question, Haley. Yes, um, if Jay Freeman can please uh, raise their hand. I know that we have an attendee, Ivy is a city raised hand. I don't know if this is the same person or not. Um, so I'll wait um, a few seconds for um, Jay Freeman to raise Sorry, I messed up the name of my account. Hello, my name is Jay Freeman. I'm an elected director of the Isle of the Community Service District, but I'm not here in an official capacity. I'm here only representing myself. I came to UCSB in 1999 and was a student for almost a decade, first as an undergraduate in the College of Creative Studies and then as a PhD candidate in the College of Engineering. I have been paying attention to the increased police presence during Isla Vista during that time and even wrote an op-ed in, in 2004 called Halloween Could Be Fun If Isla Vista Were a Democracy for the Daily Nexus, which some might see as a foreshadowing for a decade later when I got involved in the early process for establishing the Isla Vista Community Services District. In my professional work, where I'm most um, known for developing Cydia, the alternative to the App Store for jailbroken phones, uh, I've dedicated myself to pushing back on both government and corporate control and surveillance. My latest projects have involved using end-to-end -end and layered encryption to provide and support privacy for users accessing the internet. I want to be clear that every single surveillance program has success stories. It isn't a secret. Increased surveillance is effective. If someone is watching everything that everyone does at all times, we know there will be numerous success stories of when that surveillance not only helped, but sounds essential. The Panopticon has great PR. However, surveillance does not come without costs. The problem in these discussions though, is that these costs are often more difficult to describe and are much more amorphous. But the awkward feeling of being watched by someone sitting in a control room somewhere from their secret cameras is a cost and should not be so trivially discounted by the police. What is extremely frustrating then is how the sheriff believes we've always used cameras is a legitimate defense of the cameras. Garrett, if people who have been living here for decades didn't know you had cameras and are now upset at your quote, not at all new cameras, what that tells me is that you never should have had the cameras in the first place. 
My plea, at least make the cameras marked and visible as they were throughout Biltopia 2014. I do believe they will attract ire. And I am one of the people who believe the cameras that year helped catalyze what I feel is best described as a police riot. But if the cameras are being used honestly, then making them extremely obvious would be a minimum level of respect. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. Um, Garrett, would you like to comment or respond? Just real quick, uh, I appreciate the comment. I think you're, I think you're on point with a lot of your point with a lot of the things you brought up about. There's a balance, and it's something we're continually looking at. And where does it does it serve our obligations to protect the citizens of Isla Vista, or is it over an encroachment? And as we talked about with staffing earlier, bringing down the amount of actual deputies on the street is one of our efforts to evaluate that on a year-to-year -year basis and reduce our encroachment into the lives of Isla Vista residents. Um, we're not making any efforts to keep these secret. I'm, we're doing a town hall like this and we've had other meetings and I've done other public interviews about this over the last couple of weeks. We have no, we're not trying to hide anything about this at all. And uh, you know, I can't speak to messaging in years past, but I'm here now and my goal is to make sure that we have an open dialogue about them for this and any other event. The cameras in 2014 had giant signs on them, which indicated that they were, you were being watched under random surveillance. They indicated a phone number you could call with information about the cameras, and that allowed people to really see that the cameras were there and were visible. And you could tell, I'm now being watched in this area and potentially not in some other area, et cetera. Uh, and that's when I say the cameras being visible, this is something that just came out in a discussion of essentially budgets related to the um, related to your Halloween um, uh, work. And that then has turned into this big issue because people are upset about the cameras. And so that's when I say make them more visible. I mean, make the cameras on the street visible so that when people walk past, it feels like, oh, there's a cop watching. Thank you, Jay. If you could uh, uh, raise your hand uh, so that I could call on you next uh, next time. And uh, Raquel, you had an actual, uh, an additional answer to, to Jay. Um, kind of, in support of what he's saying, I, I did the mad scramble to see if we had done any previous press releases. I'm not finding any. I'm not saying that we didn't, but I'm not able to find any where we were, where we um, kind of talked about the cameras and where they were going to be. Um, so that is something that I'm working on for messaging for this year moving forward because it is a it, it's a good suggestion um, and kind of to talk about. And I, I'm not sure if there's going to be signage on the cameras this year, but. Um, yeah, that's, that's another place that I can provide some public information is through a press release or on our social media platforms. Thank you. And going back to Haley to give voice to an anonymous question or comment. Yes, so the next question um, is, how can you assure Isla Vista residents that when the cameras are implemented, they will be removed as soon as Halloween weekend is over and not lost in governmental limbo or bureaucracy? How can you assure that our local residents that these cameras will not become a norm for their sacrificing our privacy and rights to the state? When these cameras are being installed, are we trusting the police department's word that they will be removed or will you be legally obliged to remove them? Uh, Garrett? It's a good question and I appreciate it. And I appreciate just being very straightforward with it. Um, they will come down. They're not secret in any way if you identify it if you look at it you you'll see that they look like a security camera like you see at your bank or at your gym or even on campus and so they're they're rather visible um and you'll be able to notice that they are no longer there the next day 
Um, like I said, they're not our cameras. We don't operate them. We don't have the software or the manpower or any of that stuff to run those things. So obviously our allied partners want it back uh, because it is their equipment. Uh, and so um, I, I would say you don't have to trust us on that. You can literally go and look for yourselves uh, and see that they have been removed. Okay, and uh, Jared, do you have an additional uh, response or comment? I do. Thank you. And I don't. I don't know if this will mean much to most of the participants that are on this Zoom call or not. But all that I have is is my word, and I've worked over the past several months of working with the AS, UCSB, and the CSD, and I know many of them can vouch that every time that I said something's going to happen or I'm going to do something that it actually happened. And, and this group has my word that these cameras are coming down. They're not staying. They're here for the Halloween weekend if we choose to do so. Um, but they, they are not a permanent part of Isla Vista moving forward. Thank you. And I, uh, Garrett, did you want to give further comment? Sure, just a quick follow-up. I, I would be more than happy to walk Del Playa in the week after Halloween with associated students and CSD and just share with them um, the locations and you know demonstrate that they have been removed and so that they can spread the word to their constituents that we, we followed through on what we said. Okay, thank you. And uh, Haley, if it's okay, I'm gonna uh, invite Jamie over to ask a, a question directly. Yes, um, I will promote them to panelists right now. Um, okay, Jamie, you are promoted to panelists. Jamie, whenever you are ready, you can go ahead. There we go. Sorry, it took me a second to get in there. Um, thanks for letting me speak for a second. Um, you know, as a as a resident on and former resident of of Isla Vista, who has actually experienced Halloween over many years, I just want to actually offer and um, compliment the efforts of the, the patrol. Um, in my opinion, cameras shouldn't pose a problem if people are conducting themselves in a lawful way. Um, I know there's always certain circumstances where things like that have been abused, but I really haven't been a person um, who has experienced that. I also wanna just, raise issue to the fact that yes, Isla Vista is um, predominantly a student community, but there are also um, local residents here, people who have been here for a very long time and not so long time, but they're not part of the student community. And the efforts of the things that are being imposed are appreciated um, for crowd control when that occurs and for these events as they occur. I, I do think the respect should be given to people as far as, like I said, the privacy. But again, if you're conducting yourself in a lawful way, it really shouldn't be an issue of what's going on camera. Thank you, Jamie. And uh, do, does any panelists want to respond or, or lend comment? Gurleen? Yeah, thank you, Jamie. Um, I just wanted to highlight that I know that a lot of people that provided comments were concerned about privacy, but I also wanted to highlight that a lot of the concerns come from um, the fact that, as mentioned before, uh, minor minority groups are disproportionately affected by the implementation of cameras. Um, and while that's not to say that that's 
necessarily something that we will see in the Isla Vista community over Halloween. It is to say that this is something that is concerning for um, certain groups on and around campus. Um, and so like the whole reason for the space is to ensure their safety. And I think that we've answered some really important questions today. And I think um, just continuing to work with them and work with um, the foot patrol to ensure that that safety can be given to students is really important as well. Thank you, Gerlene Spencer. I'll, uh, I'll invite you to, to comment next. Thank you, Marcella. I just really wanted to speak to an issue that was brought up, which is uh, ensuring that we're supporting not just our uh, Santa Barbara City College and UCSB student community, but also our long-term residents. As a long-term resident myself, um, I, uh, I think that it's always really important to uplift uh, the variety of different types of people that live in Isla Vista. Uh, whether you are a renter, a homeowner, whether you're raising a family here, and um, I appreciate hearing the diversity of concerns uh, that people have shared today um, and really just want to, again, uh, like uh, put in a plug for some of the alternative events that we are trying to do. It has been brought up earlier today, uh, the idea that um, it would be great to be able to uh, invest these resources in things that are preventing safety issues from happening in the first place. And that's really a core part of our mission when we approach weekends like Halloween and Deltopia is to try to invest in alternative events to give people something fun and safe to do. And it's not just us, it's the Isla Vista Recreation and Park District. It's the UCSB Associated Students. It's nonprofits like the St. George Family Youth Center. We're all working together to make this a safe weekend. And we've had so much success over the last uh, eight years to be able to do that. And I'm so looking forward to that uh, being uh, happening again this year. Thank you. I appreciate that. Seeing no further hands, I'll invite Haley. Did you uh, want to give voice to another anonymous comment or question? Yes. Um, let me find it. Sorry, it like glitches out for me a little bit. Um, sorry, one second. Okay. The police in Isla Vista should be working to protect college students from another tragedy in any form. These cameras turn the police into an enemy as opposed to a protector. This is an incredible breach of trust and, frankly, privacy. There is no reason cameras should be pointed onto private property. This is an abuse of power. Isla Vista cops should not be trying to get kids in trouble by using footage for retroactive MIPs, etc., they have a duty to keep people safe. And honestly, I feel less safe than I did before knowing that police are exercising what I view as an unchecked power. This is incredibly unacceptable and I don't want to see these cameras installed. Thank you. Um, Garrett? I realize that was more of a comment than a question, but it's the second time it's come up with this idea of retroactive MIPs. And I'm not sure what specifically the person's referring to and it'd be helpful if they were able to clarify, but if people are thinking that we're um, going back through like last weekend's, it doesn't exist, but say the cameras were there and we were going through back through last weekend's footage to look for people who were carrying a site of alcohol that we didn't encounter that weekend. Like that's, that's not at all what it is. So I'm, I'd like to seek uh, some clarification on that, but uh, nonetheless, that's not something that would happen with them. Again, we're not looking at these to, to do gotchas with, these minor crimes that we send people through alcohol diversion first anyways. Um, 
the, the cameras again are used for the for the significant things and and to the commenter's point we we consider them to be part of our obligation to keep people safe okay thank you and uh jared you had a a, a comment or, or response yes ma'am thank you uh i would also like to add and i'm not sure if it's been brought up or not yet but we are utilizing our um, uh, alternative to criminal citations through restorative justice and a vast majority of citations that are issued in Isla Vista uh, are restorative justice. So there's no fine, there's no uh, criminal liability, the university or city college are not notified, parents are not notified, and it's a simple attend a class, do a little bit of community service in Isla Vista. And again, a vast majority of our citations are utilized with that. And this year, Justin Schroeder and I have worked with the district attorney's office and we've added charges such as minor possession of alcohol. So again, no criminal liability behind these tickets. So again, this, this isn't something we're looking at at, at attracting or, or coming to others. Um, I saw Justin just raise his hand, so I'll let him add to that. Okay, Justin. Yes, thank you. I just wanted to give that perspective um, from running the restorative justice program. So I get uh, the pleasure of having these uh, young folks in class. And lately we've had uh, between 30 and 40 people a week coming through the restorative justice program. So it's been busy, but very successful. Um, during the program, we actually do a couple of small group activities. Um, and one of them is focused on a student's perspective on how to reduce crime um, and reduce interactions with law enforcement out in Isla Vista. And every single class, uh, the participants recommend putting cameras up. And so um, they actually think that that would reduce the amount of police on Del Playa and, and would catch more of these major crimes. And so I just wanted to throw that opinion out there because every single week I'm hearing that from the students that they, they think cameras would be effective. So I just wanted that alternative perspective. Thank you, Justin. And Garrett, did you have an additional comment? Okay, go ahead. Just, just real quick, being the new guy, in Lila Vista. I am a huge fan of the restorative justice program. Right before we started this call, I was on the I was on another call with the district attorney's office looking at how we can expand that program to include even more minor offenses so that we get more people through diversion, less people entering the criminal justice system, less people being uh, uh, stressed out about their school being notified or their parents being notified and uh, really emphasizing diversion. So we're gonna expand that program uh, as we continue over the next next year or so. Okay, thank you. And Haley, we invite you to give voice to another anonymous uh, question or comment. Yes, I'll give voice to this another anonymous question or comment um, before we do the other speakers on public forum. Um, this question is, what about DACA students and undocumented students more broadly? And what if there is an ICE raid? What's to stop the federal government from using the surveillance to target those students? And then um, tangentially related, I have a lot of anonymous concerns about DEI trainings and implicit bias um, that kind of goes along with this as well, just to give context for our panelists for how concerned students are with that. Who, who would you like to, uh, to direct that to uh, for comment? Jared? Thank you. Uh, we actually, and I would, I would encourage uh, members that are participating in this to, to look up uh, upcoming Board of Supervisor hearings, we are going to be addressing the Truth Act and how the Sheriff's Office uh, works and aligns themselves with uh, Homeland Security investigations such as ICE. Um, 
and, and how we very rarely are we even required to report some uh, or information about undocumented um, arrestees to Homeland Security investigations. Uh, more specifically to Halloween, we will not be sharing and or inviting Homeland Security into the command center. They will not be a part of this operation and they they will have zero access to these cameras. Okay, thank you. And finally, Kelly, I'll invite Lily to, to give a question or comment from uh, from our participants. Okay, Lily, whenever you are ready, you're promoted to panelists. Hi, yes. Um, I just had some questions. I had two questions. Um, specifically, I'll, I'll start with like uh, the little, I feel like the easier one to answer and that I know that we did have one non-student member of the community voice um, some thoughts, which is really appreciated. Um, but has there been any efforts on police or on the behalf of police entities within Isla Vista to reach out to the full spectrum of non-student residents um, in the community? So, like that's the first question. And then my second question is a little bit more complex in that. Um, I'm not sure if it's a known like fact, but UCSB is a PWI, which is a predominantly white institution, and there are a lot a lot of uh, marginalized identities on campus and within the community. And I think that a lot has been said about cameras being a form of accountability for and like uh, a tool for police entities to use in order to determine like how many people should be out there. Um, but I feel like especially within the last few years, the climate surrounding camera accountability for police entities, like it hasn't been successful in keeping them accountable. And I think that words are only like, there have been so many words about how cameras are supposed to keep police entities accountable. But I think in the lives of ethnic or non-white students, that that is a fear for them because that hasn't been the case nationally. And so aside from words alone, like how do you propose to provide comfort, to provide reassurance to the non-white student body and also non-white uh, residents within the community that like they are not going to be racially profiled or that their race or their status as a non-white individual is not going to be something that's used against them with these cameras. Thank you for that question. And I have uh, uh, Raquel with your hand raised, would like to respond and then and then Garrett, as well as anyone else on the panel might, might uh, I'll invite response from uh, Raquel. So towards the beginning of, um, of uh, your comment, I think I caught something about how are we reaching out to non-student groups. Um, and I'm working together with um, several community stakeholders to develop um, messaging to the Isla Vista area um, with recognition that we're, I feel like the UC does a great job of, of messaging to their students because they have the emails and they can send push notifications. So they have the availability the ability to directly communicate with their student body, um, but we're trying to, to kind of have a more whole community approach in our messaging and in, um, and, and, you know, a lot of the stakeholders, we're not the only agency that has a message that we're carrying. Um, I believe, um, you know, all of these other um, agencies do all of their independent messaging. And so we're trying to come together to make sure that we support each other in what each of these individual stakeholders' interests are. Um, 
and kind of promoting each other's message. Uh, and hopefully we're gonna capture the whole community in that way. I'm always open to a suggestion though, if there's, you know, cause I'm trying to, it, that's one of the more difficult parts of communication is, you know, you have to reach people where they're at. And so I'm, I'm doing my best to try and find, um, you know, everyone in Isla Vista where they're at. Um, and I, re I recognize that not everybody's gonna follow the sheriff's office on Twitter or Instagram or, you know, the places that we put our messaging out. Not everybody reads, you know, local newspapers or follows local, you know, print media. So we, we do um, conduct outreach on as many platforms as we can to ensure that we reach the whole community. And I believe, you know, that as was pointed out by Spencer earlier is that, you know, Isla Vista is not just a um, student population, but there are also residents. And so, you know, it, it, it is a tricky area for messaging. And that's my 30 seconds that I used up, I think. Sure, we have one last uh, question. And, and uh, Garrett, if, if, uh, if, if you wanna add something to, to Raquel's response, I'll give you the, the mic. And we have one last question after that. Thank you, just a, just a quick comment that we've, we've talked with Spencer and the CSD too about enlisting their help in contacting and, and uh, distributing the information with us and sharing it with all the residents. That was all. Okay, thank you. And, uh, and one last uh, question, I'll invite uh, Anjanette. I've promoted um, Anjanette to panelists. You can go whenever you are ready. Thank you, Haley. Okay, hello, can you? Okay, um, I, hello. <laughs> uh, my name is Anjanette and I'm hearing about the conversation and the concern for privacy. Um, I had a question regarding like the trend of Halloween's decline. If the um, pattern of Halloween not being a thing, um, and this is directed to either Garrett, Jarrett, or Raquel, um, do you see maybe then the lessening of the presence, the lessening of the cameras? If this, because I was here last year and it was completely dead, like. It was kind of spooky, but it was cool because it was Halloween. Um, but there was like nobody on the street. Uh, Raquel or, or Garrett? Okay, Garrett. I'll take it. Mm -hmm. So we, yeah, the short answer, yes. We're absolutely always looking at how we can adjust our staffing or adjust our resources to match the need. We don't want to over deploy uh, when, we, when we are able to plan appropriately or when we know we have in, uh, information that, you know, Halloween is not going to be a thing or Deltopia is not going to be a thing or whatever it is. Uh, we don't want to use our resources or overuse our resources in that way for a variety of reasons. Uh, budget being the most kind of lame answer because it's expensive, but we're, we're, we're hyper aware of the presence that law enforcement has uh, particularly when someone's talking about an institution like UCSB, that's a PWI, right? And, and that we know that there are some, some sensitivities to that just by seeing us sometimes. And we want to do, we want to try a whole bunch of different things that, that might lessen that impact, but still provide for enough public safety. So yeah, we absolutely review, you know, on a case-by-case -case basis. And I'll emphasize again that we, st we still have not come to a determination that these cameras are definitely gonna be used on Halloween. It is just one of our tools in that toolbox that we typically deploy. And so that's why we're having this conversation. We're trying to get input and listen to people to see if, 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 the, if the cons outweigh the pros uh, from a community perspective. 
Okay, thank you. I do want to point uh, our attention towards it being 1233 and uh, we are over time. And Haley, would, would, uh, how would you like to proceed? Hello, everyone. Um, I just wanted to say thank you all so much for coming and taking the time to be here today. I really appreciate it. Um, and I do want to emphasize and acknowledge that there were a multitude and myriad of questions and concerns that I was not able to get to today um, for the sake of time. And I apologize if one of your questions was in that realm that I did not get to give voice to. Um, but I would like to reassure you that I will be um, forwarding these concerns along um, to Isla Vista Foot Patrol so that way they are communicated about. Um, and if you have any questions or concerns, um, the next slide has contact information for all panelists. Um, if Jesse, you can go to that. Um, so I would just like to spotlight that um, as a resource. So thank you very much to all of our panelists and participants today. And um, on, on the screen, you'll see a thank you for your attendance as well as for general questions, contact information, and uh, for everyone that, that served as a panelist today. And uh, uh, I'll give the floor to you, Haley, for the last word. Um, I think that you said everything um, pretty well. So I just, again, wanted to say thank you all so much for coming and taking the time to be here today as an attendee and for the panelists as well. And again, um, all of the contact information is up on this slide right here. And I invite um, panelists to put their contact information in the chat if you feel comfortable. Um, I am open to email. I respond to email very quickly. If anyone has any questions or would like to voice their concerns directly to me, um, or my fellow executives that are on the screen. Um, so please, please use this contact information as a resource. All right, and thank you, Haley, and the Office of the EVPLA, and we'll see you all soon. Thank you.